You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello, welcome to the first episode of a new podcast entitled, Eric, what is it called? It's called Cinema a la Carte. That's right. I'm not, not sure why you had me say it, because you're you're producing it and Mike came up with the name. <laughs> well, well, you got to do something around here. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's, it's a... It's the first episode, so we're, we're trying to, you know, figure out how we're going to go ahead about it. But uh, basically, it is a podcast that will discuss a film monthly, most likely a film of some importance rather than just uh, a silly, unnecessary film. But, uh, you know, that's all debatable and based off opinions. But, uh, Eric, we do another – well, actually, let's introduce ourselves first for people who don't know who we are. Uh, I am Philip from New Hampshire, and who's in Michigan? This is Eric. Eric, how are you? I am well. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Good. So, basically, what we have here is we have – a podcast that is, I guess, what, Eric, some sort of a, well, a spin-off or something? Yeah, let me let me give the background on how this podcast came to be, which was there There was a point in time, I would say probably a little over a year ago, uh, where where Phil and I found ourselves in contention about what, what movies we should be covering on the Dark Discussions podcast. Um, because I think Dark Discussions is a specific label uh, for specific stuff. And it seemed like Phil just wanted to talk about any movie that he liked on Dark Discussions, even if it wasn't dark. That's not um, Huh? We are That's not, not doing the Taylor Swift concert film. <laughs> this is my perception, Phil. Um, so if I'm wrong, I apologize. That's how I saw things, which is why the whole discussion started. Uh, so we came up with the idea to do a monthly podcast where we would cover things that we wouldn't normally cover on dark discussions. And that way we would get a chance to talk about some of these movies. True. True. And, uh, even though we discussed this about a year ago, uh, it took us almost a year to actually start the podcast because about eight months of that was trying to figure out a name of the podcast. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, summer hit and then it was we were getting swamped with vacations and meets ups and all that other stuff. Well, and And we were also doing uh, Game of Thrones and American Gods. And Eric, of course, has that other thing he does once in a while. Uh, Which one are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I do that weekly, except when I'm not here. Right, right. And so, yeah, basically, um, Mission Impossible 
what, what was the what's the the tagline? Mission Impossible something. Uh, Rogue Fallout. No, it's the one after that. Uh, Fallout. Yeah, Fallout. Right, right. So that one was I suggested as a possible episode of Dark Discussions podcast, based off of uh, an email we got from one of our listeners, and Eric said eh, it's not really a Dark Discussions episode. I said, yeah, but it's very dark because it's about the world being destroyed. But Eric didn't buy it. And so we put a poll up on the Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group. And, and the listeners awesome. agree with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, who we are. So uh, this is a spinoff of Dark Discussions Podcast. As Eric mentioned, um, the website for this podcast will be www.darkdiscussions.com. And the Facebook group for this podcast will also be Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group. The email is darkdiscussions at aol.com, just like our other podcasts that have been spinoffs, such as the Game of Thrones and Westworld ones and American Gods ones that Mike mentioned. Um, They all fall under the umbrella of Dark Discussions Podcast, so that's why we will be using that, plus why create... um, Dozens of, of new websites when we can just use darkdiscussions.com. Uh, the other thing is is uh, to find this podcast, you'll be able to find it in the Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook feed, so you can find it there along with all of our other podcasts. But also, it will probably have its own feed. I just have to set all that up uh, where you would be able to search for cinema a la carte. I'm going to uh, get rid of the, the little... Um, Emphasis, you know, the French way of spelling it because uh, not the many accent. people have that. So yeah, we're going accent. to be, so we're technically going to be cinema a la carte. Only, <laughs> yes. only, only for only for searching, <laughs> only for podcast searching uh, from the internet. The actual title title will have the, the accent, but uh, if you want to search for it, you you don't have to worry about um, the accent. Yes. Um, so that's pretty much it. Cause most people don't know how to make that accent anyway, including myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a way with a control windows. I can, I can Google it, but I don't feel like it. Yeah. You got to press like sw- seven keys with like <laughs> insert and you got to use your toe. Yeah, to hold your that big toe. Yeah. 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 So, so unless, unless you're from Europe or, or somewhere or South America, yeah, there's no, no, uh, accent um okay so i guess that's pretty much that um now what else does anybody wanted to bring up about this new and exciting endeavor uh for, i guess we can talk about um well actually you've kind of summed it up really eric so yeah yeah we just got tired of talking about you know only movies that deal with like rape and murder and genocide and evil people and we wanted to do something different god this movie tonight doesn't have any of that exactly this is going to be such a fresh breath of uh, a fresh of breath of fresh air i just uh this is this is after tonight yeah tonight people might be going what was the difference are you you sure this is a dark discussion yeah yeah well if it was dark discussions i suspect it would have ended differently (laughs) <laughs> okay fair enough yeah yeah that's yep. a point mike yeah. yeah this is a much happier film and sentimental film about rape and murder and genocide <laughs> evil people actually that's true it does have all those things mike all right <laughs> he's not lying he's not yeah. lying yeah so so eric uh for some reason didn't want to do this as a dark discussions podcast episode well because technically it's a western 
That's true. That's true. And I had a feeling if we put that out there on dark discussions, we would get yelled at for covering a Western. Yeah, I would agree because it's really more of a drama, even if it has all those, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stuff. Um, and and though uh, it's a genre film in the sense because westerns are considered genre, um, that would not be considered what dark discussions is, which is sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, mysteries, and things of that nature. Um, the vast majority of our listeners tune in and listen to us talk about horror movies. That's right. That's right. However, a lot of our uh, listeners uh, will probably follow us here because I bet you most of the people find this will be first our Dark Discussions podcast listeners before just people out in yes. the blues. Uh, well, as, so, as a matter of fact, I've already heard from one of them. Uh, I posted on Facebook that I was watching this movie the other day and a longtime Dark Discussions listener, Michelle Barkley, uh, said, Please tell me you're going to be covering this movie on cinema a la carte. And that's like, I just messaged her. I was like, well, as a matter of fact. Uh, so she's very excited that we're talking about this movie. Excellent. Excellent. That's great. That's great. So uh, we'll, we'll discuss uh, our own feelings about it as well as various other things and such. Um, before we introduce what that movie is, um, anything else anybody wanted to bring up generally? Uh, they, they, they may notice that. Um, this podcast only has the three original the OG Dark crew. Yes, the, exactly. So it was just me, Eric, and Mike. Uh, so we were just trying to make it a little more smaller and uh, a little more intimate. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, but if, you, if folks who still want to hear Chrissy and Abe, who are our co-hosts on the Dark Discussions podcast, Facebook, not the ugh, the Dark Discussion podcast. Um, they can just go uh, listen to any of their episodes there. We have over four, almost 400 of them now, so crazy. Jesus, um, how did that happen? Indeed. And and you have another 400 with uh, Scansity, too. Right? Coming up on it, yep. yep. Yeah, we'll discuss uh, some of those other side projects near the end of this one. Uh, we'll do house cleaning at the end. So, um, And every time is- I feel like a bit of a loser, because I've done you know almost 400 episodes of a podcast, I just think, Oh wait, Eric's Eric twice as much of a loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think Eric has done more podcasts than any of us because he's done two that are eight hundred each or four hundred each, total of eight hundred, and then another uh, other spin offs yep. and stuff. Well, me and Mike have, have not appeared on Escancity, so we only have four hundred and another eighty or so. Well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. <laughs> Fair point. Um, all right, so uh, Mike, um, any other things you wanted to bring up about uh, this podcast or how we're going to choose films and so forth? Well, uh, since we've chosen precisely one film, and that film is not the Mission Impossible Fallout film that inspired it, uh, and Eric shows that first film we don't necessarily have it even though that was the film he wanted to do so that we uh we have we don't have oh, an that established uh, that that wasn't the film i wanted to do that was a film phil wanted to do so oh, he'll okay. be choosing that at some point all right uh so we are uh we could actually do a whole thing on the mission impossible films i would i would be down with that i'd be game uh <laughs> because they're all very different from each other um peaks and valleys Right. So oh, that's one of the few series that has later entries that are much better than earlier entries. But anyway, oh, that's not this episode. No, not yet. Well, let's let's see how on topic we stay. Um, something, <laughs> the title changes. The hosts remain the same. So, uh, 
So it looks like maybe what we're going to be doing is, is rotating who picks what every month. Um, so, Eric, I guess you picked this one? I did. And apparently I've been chosen to pick the next one. You are the chosen one. And pretty much anything that we are all willing to watch will be fair game. Um, am I correct in that? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you pick up something that's... Me and Eric will go, ugh. Uh, you know, obviously we'll come back and say, well, Mike, maybe you have a second well, choice. Well, it depends, right. though. If it's if it's fair game, you know, if if he picks, I don't know, um, a Stallone movie, and we don't like Stallone, we should still watch it. Uh, yeah. But, like, All if right. he picks, like, I don't know, a uh, snuff film, may, yeah, maybe not. Well, snuff film should go under Dark Discussion. <laughs> Where's that, too? <laughs> Valid point. Valid point. But obviously, well, look, I know, I know, as a for instance, that there's a certain member of this particular podcast group who has a problem with movies in which people spontaneously break out into song. <laughs> that is yeah. True. yeah. All right. Uh, unless it's about have to uh, this. unless it's about Killer Mermaids. <laughs> that was a good one. So it, it'll 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 depend, and but you know, I guess pretty much the, the gamut's open, whether it's. Uh, you know, drama or comedy or action or rom com or or uh, I could do that one. That's what's that? One. Sort of us, I could do that one. That's a good one. Yeah, see, there's there's a there's a classic. Um, you know, we might even actually do a uh, be able to do as the holidays approach a Christmas movie that does not have a body count. <laughs> True. There's a, a couple of good ones there. Yes. Uh, yes, there yeah. are. Yeah. That's um, a good point, Mike. I was going to say it's a wonderful life, but that nope, that actually does have a body count, doesn't it? Because <laughs> he fails to save all those people when he's unborn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, but 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 it's not it's not dark. It, it's it's more of a fable. Yes. Yeah, but it is actually when you think about it, kind yeah, of a yeah, dark true. fable. Yeah, that's true. True. It gets really dark when they hit that alternate timeline. I was thinking but, more more along the lines of a Christmas story. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, because there's because yeah, it's not like they shoot little children's eyes out or anything. Right. <laughs> I, I, I think I already have my choice. He lives. <laughs> my choice will be awesome. It's the best. So yeah, so I'll, I'll think of something. I have no idea what I'll be in the mood to do. My brain needs uh, summer. Today was the last day of summer school aside from state testing, so my brain is badly. So you have in the like a brain. day off. I got about two weeks off before school started. I got two days of work, and then we're going upstate for a couple of days, and then... Uh, First world problems. Yeah. <laughs> right. My my father is a professor, and uh, used to be school didn't start till September, and he is so pissed that it starts in August now. Yeah, it is interesting, that, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, all right, anyway, but we, we digress, unless it's film school. As usual. Um, so anyway, yeah, so I don't know. I have no idea what I'm going to pick. However, if it's really sucks next week, next month, you could probably blame me. <laughs> uh, and if you have any feedback on, uh, uh, suggestions, um, we're, we're not going to do this quite the same as dark discussions. We're not going to do a Patreon thing, but we're certainly willing to have input. Uh, so you can go to the Facebook group, dark discussions, uh, podcast, Facebook group, uh, and make suggestions there. Or you can send email to use a, a usual email address, darkdiscussions at AOL.com. Right. And, and to be honest, if people do want to throw out suggestions and, and such, uh, we're always willing to listen, darkdiscussions at AOL.com, and so forth. So, yeah. 
That's our case. So, uh, and I've got a couple of weeks. I don't know when this is hitting, but I've got a couple of weeks to decide. So you can always just directly message me on Facebook at you know, Michael Darwin and just say, hey, you really, <laughs> you really, really, really need to do Ernest Debbie Goes does Dallas. Well, we could do both okay, of those. Phil, no, no, we're not covering porn. <laughs> nope, that'll well, be, well, no, uh, no, Phil uh, can pick the title for that podcast. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome is actually uh, re-releasing all these these old time films. So I don't know. So I don't. I've never watched any of them. But what do you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's see. I, I actually uh, mistakenly bought one through Amazon because I said, "Oh, it's a new Vinegar Syndrome." And this was before Wait. I knew they did the pawns. And then I, I, I I'm watching. I go, "What the hell is it?" And then I said, "I returned it the next <laughs> don't, day." Don't worry, Phil. When Joanna <laughs> asks, we've got your back. Uh, I, I told. <laughs> I told you mistake. I told her because I, I had packaged it up and I brought it upstairs and she goes, Oh, didn't you just buy that yesterday? I go, yeah, but it's a nudie film. And she goes, Oh, so, uh, yeah, it has to be out of the house, out of the house. Yep. So you got to be careful. A lot of these boutique labels, film. synapse and vinegar syndrome have been released in some of these, uh, so, naughty films. So, so let me get this straight. If you buy a movie that shows people having sex, you get in trouble. But if you buy a movie that shows people vi- having sex and then violently dying, that's okay? Uh, <laughs> yes, because this is the United States. Quick, <laughs> okay. uh, I was just about to say, cue in uh, Proud to be American, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, uh, violence, no matter what type, is okay. But nudity is bad. USA. Oh, 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 USA. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I'm sure a number of listeners will be from other countries because I do know that we do have a large uh, listenership from Australia uh, for the Dark Discussions podcast. Yeah. Uh, And we could could do an Australian film, but they're all horror movies. So, um, (laughs) about rape and and murder. (laughs) Well, those are the date movies. Yes. Uh, oh, what about alligators too? Yeah, that's not one. All right, they rape and murder the alligator, and that's. Uh, <laughs> so. Speaking of the fine American tradition of violence, shall we get into our topic for tonight? Sure, sure. All right, so Eric, uh, why don't you let everybody know what we're going to discuss for our first episode? Tonight we are going to be discussing a movie that came out. It was released theatrically at the beginning of 2018. Uh, it stars. Uh, Christian Bale and Rosamund Pike and Wes Studi and there's an actual actually a western called Hostiles. I don't know how you've done all these years seeing all the things you've seen doing all the things you've done makes you feel inhuman after a while. Captain, you do know Chief Yellowhawk. The army wants to be certain that the chief gets home to Montana safely without incident. Have any idea what he's done? He's a butcher. And the two of you ought to get along just fine. I've killed savages because that's my job. You have no idea what war it does to men. I hate them. I've got a war bag of reasons to hate them. This will be done, and it will be done by you. Parade's over. Put them in chains. You believe in the Lord, Joseph? Yes, I do. But he's been blind to what's 
going on out here for a long time. If I did not have faith, what would I have? movie uh did not make its budget back which is unfortunate um because i think it's a fine film yeah i thought i thought they really had a potential for for a a sequel too so uh i had a budget of 39 million dollars and box office was 35.5 so yep uh it's a uh film uh, directed by scott cooper uh who's one of those directors that is just at the cusp of becoming like a superstar uh, Academy Award type director, which he has had one film that has won Academy Awards, uh, especially uh, he may have had others, but the big one was uh, Crazy Heart, uh, where Jeff Bridges got his uh, Academy Award for Best Actor. Um, and uh, some other films that he's done is Black Mass, which was the Whitey Bulger film, which was pretty decent, uh, but wasn't a great film. And then uh, another film called Out of the Furnace, and then this film, to just name a few. Uh, the film does have some other interesting people behind it. Uh, though uh, Scott Cooper wrote and directed the film, it's actually based off of a, a story by Donald E. Stewart, who is probably best known for uh, writing screenplays uh, such as The Hunt for Red October and um, Missing, uh, among other things. Um, Masanobu Takayanagi is the um, cinematographer, and uh, you can see it here because he, wh- uh, why they picked him, because he's done films like uh, the Liam Neeson film The Grey. Uh, the music is done by a guy named uh, Max Richter, who has done a, a few things, but... Um, I think he probably became big when he did the soundtrack for The Leftovers, uh, HBO television series, which I know me, Mike, and Eric liked. And then uh, Tom Cross uh, is the film editor, um, and uh, he's the big guy that did uh, Academy Award, uh, Bonanza, La La Land. Uh, so, so it's got some big names behind it besides uh, well, the director. And if I understand correctly, the manuscript that Daniel Stewart wrote was found uh, posthumously by his wife, uh, and she decided she was struggling as to whether or not to uh, sell it or not, and she ended up choosing to do so. Yeah, he died in 1999, so um, 20 years ago. So um, that's a, that would have been a shame if it just disappeared with uh, his passing. So good mm-hmm. for her. Um, 
because um, I'm, he probably would have sold it too if had he not passed. Uh, you know, some of those right. times these things you just file away and then things happen. Um, yeah, so uh, the th- thing that I felt that was funny, it's, uh, most funny about this film is Christian Bale and Rosamund Pike, the t- to two uh, main leads, uh, along with uh, Wes Studi, is that one is Welsh and one is English, and yet this is an American film, so there has been some uh, appropriation, I guess. What was the term? <laughs> Cultural <laughs> appropriation. Yeah, yeah. This, this, this. Well, stealing yeah. roles. What's going on here? You know, uh, Wes Studi is uh, portraying a chief of the Cheyenne Nation in this movie, and he's actually a Cherokee. So, right, that's bad. Uh, it's it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the other folks that were playing the native folk or American Indians were uh, Canadians. They mm-hmm. were Canadian. They weren't even American. So what's going on here? And I think it was even filmed. It's madness, Canada. Phil. It's madness. <laughs> it is. Um, and so forth. Uh, and I think that the French guy wasn't even really French. What's going on? The guy that played this Oh, German. mon dieu. That's right. Um so yeah, that's pretty much uh, all I got. Soccer uh, blue. Uh, before we give our <laughs> opinions of the film and any other details we want to bring up, I guess we can go around how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. So Eric, since you chose this film, uh, why don't you go first? All right. Well, uh, I, I can't remember how I initially heard about this movie, uh, but I saw that it starred uh, Christian Bale and Rosamund Pike. Uh, Rosamund Pike had done two movies in a row, which I was uh, really big fans of, uh, Jack Reacher and Gone Girl. Uh, And Christian Bale was good enough in the Batman movies, uh, and I've seen him be fantastic in other things. Um, Uh, uh, The Big Short. uh, That was the one I was thinking, but he was good in that. Um, Was it The Machinist? Oh, oh my God. Yeah, Yeah, that was... So he's... uh, And, of course... uh, Wait a minute, was that him? No, that's American Psycho. Else. Yeah, that, that was him in American Psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's done some good stuff, too. So uh, I saw those two names headlining this movie um, and decided to go see it. Uh, there was a good at, portion. At the theater, Eric? At the, at the theater, yes. Okay. Um, so there was a good portion of my life where I would confidently make the statement that I did not like Westerns. And then eventually I saw a couple of Clint Eastwood movies. I was like, well, okay, I, I like Clint Eastwood westerns, um, and then I saw a couple more, and it turns out that yeah, okay, I I I guess I I like westerns. I don't know why I thought I didn't. Um, so I went and saw this in the theater, uh, and I thought it was fantastic, and I didn't understand why it wasn't being talked about more. Uh, and I tried to get people to go see it, and it didn't work because it didn't make its budget back. <laughs> So I'm, I'm a little bummed about that whole sequence of events because I think it's an excellent film. Uh, but we're here today to talk about it. All right. Very good. Uh, Mike. Um, I remember seeing this film uh, talked about. Uh, this was in the winter of 2018, right? Like January, yes. February. Yep. That's right. Not in January. Um, and wanting to go see it. But winter is always, you know, sort of an odd time. Uh, winter is coming. Yeah. Well, because it wasn't the kind of thing that they had at every theater. You know, it didn't it didn't open on 4,000 screens, I don't think. Um, 
and then you have to drive and well driving just depends on what the weather is and how much you feel like getting out in the cold and driving for an hour to go to the theater that has it and i just apparently never felt like getting in the car and driving an hour to go to the theater that has it that's fair uh, enough and this was also in the uh, this was in the heyday of movie pass so it wasn't even something i would have had to pay for um Nevertheless, I really wanted to see it, and I didn't, and I bought it uh, a digital copy when it came out, because one website had it, uh, I think it was Vudu, had it on sale for like four ninety nine. so I said, well, mm. shit, I really wanted to see it, I heard good things, uh, Eric was raving about it, so uh, I said, let me, let, me, let me pick it up, and then I finally watched it yesterday, because <laughs> we had the podcast on it today. Um, because I have a whole long list of movies I really want to watch that I haven't watched. You know, it's, um, it's so like there's too many of them. Yeah, almost. Yeah. But all they make is superhero films and sequels and reboots. It's like, no, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, this is, a. it's a, it's a very well-crafted film. I liked it a lot. Um, the performances were good. Uh, it is, however, uh, I want to be careful about formulae because I don't know how formulae, but it's a certain type of film, which is the um, the two people who you know have every reason in the world to hate each other are forced to travel together, mm-hmm. and you know by the end either it's going to end very very badly, or they'll both learn something. <laughs> or, now, maybe, this is bo- not or maybe the, both. <laughs> Or maybe both. Um, that is true. And since this is now, since this is not the Dark Discussions podcast, we'll let you figure out which of those two endings they went with. <laughs> All right, very good, Mike. Um, yes. So for me, um, yeah, I kind of heard about it. I think from you, Eric, originally, because I know you had seen it. And since I pretty much blocked uh, like seven hundred users or on Facebook, uh, I only see people now that I, I want to see, and you're one of the people I want to see. Woohoo! I made the cut. Yes, you did. Uh, not Hold only on, just, just the, wait. Not only did he make the cut, but he's on my close friends list too. So Ooh, his stuff pops special. up. There's a close friends special. list. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're on it too, Mike. Yeah. I didn't know if you could have a close friends list. Yeah, yeah, I have like thirty people on it. Yeah. So, uh, um, uh, so it, 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 the little anytime you post or Mike or Eric post, the red bubble pops up, and so oh, so something interesting. And oh, I know that's why you always text me three seconds after I post something. Exactly, Eric. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I I don't I I don't know. I didn't know you could do a close friends thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could show I could show you. Uh, I'll email you offline how to, how to do it. Um, you only can do it through the computer, though. You can't do it through your phone app. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. So Eric had seen it and he said it was pretty good. And uh, again, I liked the the cast as Eric did. Um, and it was getting decent reviews, if not overwhelming reviews. I think it was around seventy percent. Um, and so forth. And then uh, someone else I know. Um, said it was pretty good, and uh, and then I just never bothered seeing it because I had too many things to do. Uh, see so many films and so on and so forth. So uh, I always had it lit- written down as a potential film to see, but I wasn't going to see it. And then Eric said, "This is the film uh, we should do." Um, and honestly, when Eric chose it, I wasn't too happy about it because even though it was on my list. Uh, oh, it was similar to you, Eric. Uh, I'm not a huge Western fan, even though mm. 
four of my favorite films of all time are westerns, <laughs> uh, and that includes three Clint Eastwoods and one John Wayne film. Um, but I said, you know, I'll uh, I'll uh, watch it, Eric. It was on my list anyway, and um, yeah, so I watched it. I think it was Friday night. I found it on Netflix, thank God, because I didn't want to have to pay for it, um, especially since uh, we now have a new $3,000 bill because we're raising our uh, bulkhead so we won't have another flood this winter like we have the past oh, two Oh, geez, you showed me that video, yes. Yeah, yeah, so we, we're bringing someone in to add an extra step so it'll be above the ground level. Yeah, so um, pain in the ass. So if I can save three bucks now, I'm, I'm happy to save three bucks. And uh, sure enough, I did. It was free on Netflix for folks who have Netflix. And um, it's a long film. Um, so I was kind of, uh-oh. And, but it doesn't feel long at all, at least for me. Um, and yeah, this film is awesome. It's a fantastic, fantastic film. Uh, everything about it's awesome. Um and uh, I think it's as good if or equal to um, the last Western I saw, which was The Revenant. And um, it's, it's a solid and uh, great entertainment. And uh, the type of film I usually would like anyway, prior to getting back into horror um, by really doing this podcast, the Dark Discussions podcast, um, these are the type of films I would be watching usually anyway. And so it was right in my wheelbarrow. And uh, yeah, big thumbs up. Um, well, and it's got, uh, I think, uh, correct me if you're wrong, but you, you appreciate films with great cinematography, uh, and this is one. It sure is. It sure is. Um, the locations, uh, even though it's supposed to be New Mexico, Utah, Wyoming, Colorado, and uh, Montana, I think it was all probably filmed in um, Canada, the western provinces of Canada. <laughs> uh, but that pretty much looks the same as Montana and Wyoming and stuff. Yeah, anyway. humans are ones that put the lines on the map. Nature doesn't really care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, some of it may have actually been filmed in the states, though. Like, like some of the the areas did look like it may have been New Mexico or, or really Utah. I, I was thinking it was probably partially filmed in Utah, um, but the flatland scenes were probably all like Saskatchewan or something. Um, but either way. Um, the cinematography, as your main point, Eric, was phenomenal for this film. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. an advantage. I'm not a huge Western guy, but, uh, you know, there are ones that I do really like. Um, and the one thing that Westerns almost always have is they have a great vista. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have just such a great canvas to paint on. Um well, and there was one shot in particular in this movie where it's just it's a line of people riding horses, but they were on a ridge right at sunset and it was just like ah oh, shit that's beautiful <laughs> well that's the reason why a state like montana its nickname is called the big sky country right you know because yeah. it's uh oh a lot. by the way phil i just looked it up and you are incorrect it was all filmed in the u.s of a really okay yep. uh, in, the reason uh, I, I... new mexico colorado uh and arizona oh there you go um the reason i thought it may have been partially filmed in Canada was because uh, a number of the native folk were, were Canadians. Uh, but again, uh, Canada has, has a uh, very uh, strong native folk um, reservations or, or whatever they call them up in Canada. So mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me that um, Canada uh, would have a, a hotbed of actors from 
from uh, the, the native folk that live up there. Um, so, okay, that makes sense. You know, I just realized I don't actually know, you know, because it's Canada, and one thing we don't learn in the United States is Canadian history. <laughs> um, I, I don't actually know how exactly how the Canadians fucked over their Native American population. We'll have to ask uh, MJ Preston about that. I'm sure he knows at least a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. It's not they, a lot. Uh, since he, actually, you know what? He probably did extensive research when he was uh, writing the Equinox, so he probably knows a lot. Yeah, now, I mean, look, they're Canadians. You know, they, they, <laughs> I'm sure they didn't do it as well as we did, you know, because we don't half-ass it. <laughs> we fucked them over good. Um, well, and that's one of the things that's uh, put forth very strongly in this movie. Uh, and uh, some of the criticism of this movie was that, uh, as Mike says, it, it is formulaic. I like that formula, so that didn't bother me. Um, yeah, and it's and it's... Like a lot of these, you know where you're starting, you know where you're ending. It's the getting there that matters. Mm -hmm. Especially in a movie that is literally a journey. Right, right. Um, so I think we all liked the movie. Is there anything else we want to say before we throw up a spoiler flag? Well, I guess if you're one of those types that doesn't like uh, political messages, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, it could rub. People the it wrong might way, rub I guess. you the wrong way if you don't like in particular <laughs> if, film. If you're pro genocide, this might really bother you. <laughs> yeah, if you're tired of the Native Americans bitching and moaning about how they got fucked over, this may not be for you. <laughs> I, I will um, say that that uh, unlike a regular message movie, even though it, it is in here, um, it did feel a bit more like The Revenant in the sense that. Um, even though it was group fucking over group, um, it was mul it was multitudes of groups hating each other. So the, the native folk or the American Indians of the various tribes mm -hmm. were killing each other in this film, just as they were killing each other in the Revenant. So there's there's I, it, one it particular moment I want to highlight of that once we get past the spoiler flag. Yeah, there's sure. there is there there are very few peaks of the characters that actually have significant screen time, let me rephrase that, put it that way. The characters that are significant characters in the film, there, there's like, there really aren't many saints here, right? I mean, the, the lead characters I, I all are very flawed, but they're not also cartoonish mustache twirling villains either. Right. Right. They are, well, they well, are and, there's lots of gray in this and, movie and that's part of what makes it so good. Well, and, and that's the thing is that, is that the, the whole concept of this film and, and what I saw in the Reverend is um, a lot of it is tribalism. So it really was like your, my people against your people. And, and since they all consider themselves quote unquote nations, even though they were all under one nation, uh, it just felt a little more bizarre how it happens in this film than say in a, in a real civil war. Um, that we would see in, in like, you know, the middle East or something. So, but, um, the problem was, is that generally the, the, the strongest party or, or the, the largest party is the one that usually wins. And so the, the losers, which, um, happen to be, you know, the Comanches or, or whoever, um, obviously, um, you know, get screwed real big because of it. Um, and and yet, I, it's curious is that I, I don't think the message was really stating that 
the the Caucasian folk were generally the bad people in the long run. It was really, um, well, yeah, I don't want to stay because like you said, Eric, we're, we're getting into spoilers. So we'll, we'll have to talk about it as, as we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Eric, so, before, so I would just say before we throw a spoiler flag up that, well, we yeah, this, wiki, the, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> okay, I'll read the wiki, uh, but I'll also say that this movie does have some typical tropes in it. Uh, it does have some uh, stuff that you've seen before, uh, but I would still recommend it because it's very well executed. True. Now, wiki wiki. This is actually fairly short. In 1892, a legendary army captain reluctantly agrees to escort a Cheyenne chief and his family through dangerous territory. That's a good one. Because that's, it doesn't that's pretty short and sweet. It's accurate, but but doesn't really tell you much. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, so now we will throw up the spoiler flag, and we're going to be go- talking about things that happen in this movie. So if you haven't seen it, and you want to, uh, go check it out. It's on Netflix right now. I'm sure you could uh, rent it or buy it other places as well. And uh, we're going to talk about the movie now. Yep, sounds good. All right, you've been warned. Okay, we can talk about everything and anything. Um, all right, so Mike, um, you the one that said uh, there's a lot of gray in the characters, uh, or, or not everybody's an angel or whatever. But I, I think um, when Captain uh, Blocker, played by Christian Bale, is being, um, I guess, um, chastised by um, this Vanity Fair reporter or whatever, it was a magazine that still exists today, I know that. When he does his monologue before the, the colonel finally has him stop, I think he sums it up perfectly because if you haven't been in a situation where you have seen bloodshed, where you know if you don't do certain things, you're dead, and then you see your fellow soldiers being killed, mm-hmm. it, it f- felt to me more like... Um, uh, like, you know, I mean, when, you know, if you transfer this into a different era, like World War Two, I mean, you're going to oh, hate there the we Germans, go. or you're going to hate the Japanese and and vice versa. And well, I, but I, it sounds like because we don't see what uh, Christian Bale, Joe Blocker, Captain Blocker did. Mm-hmm. Um, but people talk about it mm-hmm. and they kind of talk about them. Um, Kind of like he was Brad Pitt's characters in Glorious Bastards. It was like you know, right. just wanted his what just wanted his Nazi scalps. Um, he seemed to have been have taken more pleasure in it than, or maybe been more ruthless about it than is than was required. And also um, the fact that he's refusing at first to the point of of losing his uh, pension. His pension. You know, to to transport yellow uh, yellow hawk. Uh, so yeah, so th- he's definitely got a lot of uh, of just real anger, resentment, hatred. You know, when they're they're, they're talking about them, and he says, "No, we should keep them locked up forever." You know, we should. You know, there's they're, they're, a reason why he thinks that, though. Well, there uh, is. Yeah, there's a reason. There, there is. Uh, but I get the impression from everything that's said in the movie that. He tells a story about what he saw Chief Yellowhawk do to his men in battle. It sounds like uh, 
there's a good likelihood that uh, there are Native Americans out there that tell those stories about him as well. Oh, oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, this kind of reminded me of, of uh, the, the film The Kingdom where the Americans are saying, don't worry, we're going to kill, the, every, kill them all. And then they show the Arab side and the Arab terrorist says, don't worry, son, we're going to kill them all. So you're absolutely right. Both sides are saying the same thing. No mm-hmm. doubt about it, Eric. Absolutely. Well, and it comes back later in the movie um, where uh, well, we're, I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. Um, right. But, start but, the, but start with the, that, we also see him, for example, uh, there's a, was it a sergeant? Corporal? Corporal, I think. That was, uh, who, who was a black man in the army. Mm-hmm. Who at one point in the film thanks Christian Bale for everything he's done, and this is in 1892, as you said. Um, this is not in the most enlightened time in race relations that we've had. Well, and and that's honestly something that that it's like with the one of the few things that bugs me about this movie is that this reporter guy at the beginning, and then later on, uh, the white. It, it was it was uh, uh, it was it was Harper's Weekly, by the way. Harper's Weekly, yeah. okay. Uh, then later on the wife at the fort they stop at, um, kind of come across as, um, well, for lack of a better term, social justice warriors. Uh, and I'm wondering if that's a a stance that people were taking at the time. I I honestly have no idea. Um, but I'm wondering if that's a a fiction that was created for the purpose of this movie or, or if there was a movement of people that thought that we should be treating them there Americans better in 1992. 1992, definitely. That was when Dances with Wolves came out, and <laughs> I think Eric read 18. 18. I, I said 18. 18. If I didn't speak clearly, I it apologize. Sounded like 19. Okay. Um, yeah, I think th- by this point, when you're in 1892, we're obviously on the verge of the 20th century, um, the Victorian era, the Gilded Age. Yeah, I have a feeling, you know, the, that the Indian Wars were like done. You know, and they point out the Apaches are gone, and. Uh, so I have a feeling that's where you're, you know, with the with the the where we're at the tail end, mm-hmm. and you probably had like Sitting Bull doing the the the, the sideshow mm-hmm. rodeos and stuff. Um, I think there might have been people by then that were looking at it more. Oh shit! What did we do? Okay. I don't know that it was a widespread thing. Uh, I think the reporter is just more commenting on his brutality than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think the wife in the, the second town was a little too preachy. She was very it, preachy yes. because that, that felt like the writer writing at the audience and not a woman speaking to a guest in her home. True. Well, yes, you, you're, you're not wrong at the same time. I did appreciate the fact that they have uh, Rosalie, uh, that's Rosamund Pike's character, uh, react the way that she did. Uh, because, again, this thing is, like Phil was saying about uh, uh, Colonel Blocker, uh, you don't know unless you were there. And this woman's talking about how, uh, how badly uh, mistreated the Native Americans are when this woman, well, we haven't even talked about the opening scene of the movie yet, um, this woman had her entire family slaughtered uh, by Native Americans. By uh, Camachos. Uh, uh, yeah, so, so I thought they were 
Yeah, Comanches. They're Comanches. Right. Yeah, they were Comanches. Uh, so including having, having them, her baby shot while in her arms. Yeah, yeah. So listening to this woman say this about uh, the Native Amer- the Native people, I think is the term she uses. Um, uh, she starts visibly shaking uh, because she's getting so angry at this woman for for saying what she's saying. Uh, and eventually, uh, Colonel Blocker steps in and changes the topic. Um, but yeah, so, so that's the opening scene of this movie. Uh, it's a cold open. You, you see this scene before we even get the title of the movie on the screen, uh, which is Rosalie, Rosamund Pike's character starts out with this nice little family scene where she's teaching, uh, English to her daughters, her two young daughters. Um, and her husband's doing whatever, um, and she has a baby, and then all of a sudden, the their place is under attack by by the Comanche. Um, and the husband tells her to run, so she takes the kids and the baby, and she runs, and uh, she gets to see her husband get scalped. Uh, then her two daughters get shot dead. Uh, she runs away with the baby, which uh, at this point has been shot, but I don't think she realizes it yet. Uh, and she manages to literally crawl under a log and hide from the people trying to track her and manages to survive herself. But in the span of about less than two minutes, her entire family gets brutally murdered. And her house is burnt to the ground. <laughs> and, and her house is burnt to the ground. And credits. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and they took her horses. They did. They took her horses, too. Yeah, they stole everything. So this woman had her entire life ruined in less than five minutes. That's right. Uh, by the Comanche. Which is why she has a very strong stance on the whole topic of whether we should be treating them kindly or not. Right, and this is... (laughs) At least the Comanche, for sure. (laughs) Right. And this is why, you know... Oh, God, you know, when I... You know, maybe heard some things said by my uncles who were uh, in uh, Korea or Vietnam that might not have been the most enlightened dialogue. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you kind of, you don't, you kind of give them a pass. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you know, you're sitting there talking to somebody who's twenty, thirty years your elder who had somebody from another yeah, country bayoneted, yeah, bayoneted, yeah, like, taking uh, shots at him and his friends and in some cases might have killed them and yeah i understand it's a larger issue but it's all when you get down to it when you're there it's not geopolitics anymore then there it's personal yes um and you just kind of you have to let them have it you know you just not not, let me rephrase that you don't have let them have it as in let them have it i mean you just (laughs) let it just just, let them have that little thing silent we all um I remember someone, it might have been William F. Buckley, I don't remember who it was, but it had said something along the lines of, uh, no, it wasn't Buckley. It was, um, like I said, here's a thing, and it's a thing that's not consistent with everything else, I believe, but I think we're all entitled to have that thing. You know, (laughs) We're all entitled to have one area that we're maybe not completely rational about. Mm -hmm. And I think when you add into that, and oddly, having it, it, shot at you, I you think could you could argue that it is somewhat rational if you were there and you were being shot at and you saw your friends being killed, well, even though you you were doing it to them back. Yeah, but you should also, again, if you're being purely rational, you know that 
they were trying to kill you because you were trying to kill them. <laughs> and it's not something that they were doing. They were doing it be- because they just didn't like you. They were doing it because, depending on which side, because they felt they were protecting their home or because you were following orders. There were larger issues that really, they didn't give a shit about you, particularly. They just gave a shit about the fact that you were there with a gun pointing at them. So right. there's really no reason to personalize it, you know, internalize it in that way, other than the fact, instinctively, you know, you're going to really not like people who do that, you know? Hey, hey, hey don't forget what they did to Christopher Walken and the deer hunter, Russian roulette dude. Don't, that, that ain't war. That's torture. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Anyway, different war. Um, so... Uh, that all happens uh, in the opening cold open uh, of of this movie, and then we get our credits, and then we get the scene that we were talking about where uh, <clears throat> first we see Colonel Blocker, uh, perhaps, well, not perhaps, mistreating um, some, uh, did they say they were Apache that he'd rounded up? Um, and he takes them back to yeah. the, the, his fort. Did we get a name on that fort? I missed it. I was trying to catch it, too. Fort Berenger. Was it Beringer? Okay. Yeah. So uh, he he takes him back to Fort Beringer, and that's where we have the scene where we're just talking about with the with the uh, the Hurry guy, magazine writer, um, and uh, Blocker uh-huh. gets that's called in and basically ordered. Uh, basically, uh, there's a uh, Cheyenne chief, uh, Chief Yellowhawk. Um, who was convicted of war crimes and has been in prison for seven years. And he is now dying of cancer. Um, and it has been decided that he should be allowed to be released and go home to Montana, um, to be buried on his home land. Uh, and Colonel Blocker gets ordered, uh, to escort the chief and his family back to Montana. Uh, and he really does not want to do it. Uh, because he's been in battle against Chief Yellowhawk before, and Chief Yellowhawk has personally killed some of his friends in the army, and uh, he wants no part of this. But uh, his pension is threatened, uh, and he's basically told that you're doing this whether you like it or not. And and, and it should be mentioned that uh, Colonel Blocker at this point is, um, sorry, Captain, uh, is getting ready to retire. So this is going to be the last thing he do he does. This is like his last duty uh before he leaves the military um so yeah <laughs> he's not well, happy about it but he doesn't have much choice right and and the reason he's not happy about it isn't necessarily because these are I- indians or of cheyenne or whatever you want to to um uh group them as he's angry about it because these folks specifically chief yellowhawk he had seen personally do a gray worm to his men. In other words, they're already prisoners or, or down and, and the guy went over and he like slit their throats and scalped them as they were alive. And so wait, that's why he was, like you said, Eric, he was in, in jail for war crimes. Um, but the president as, as who was ben, Benjamin Harrison at the time, uh, decides to, uh, grant amnesty to yellow Hawk and his family and let them, uh, head back to Montana where it's the Valley of the Bears, where it's his homeland, his his and and it basically you know let him live in peace and and uh, die there uh, and so forth. 
I, I think that's that's would be all I would add to what you said, Eric. So, mm-hmm. um, but my main point was is that that the reason he's very upset about this is he would be the last person you would think to ask because of the war crimes that were committed by Yelhawk were done to his friends. Mm-hmm. But the colonel has a good point, which is you've been chosen to do it because you know this land the best because you've gone up and down. Well, and he um, speaks the language. And he speaks, yes, exactly. That's, that's, that, that was the second part, which is he speaks mm-hmm. the language. Yep, exactly. So I have no idea uh, whether or not this was authentic Cheyenne they were speaking in this movie. Cause it was. I, I don't know that language. <laughs> yes, but it certainly uh, seems like it. I, I read, uh, even though everybody in the movie wasn't <clears throat> Cheyenne, um, it appears they all have to learn to learn at least these their lines in Cheyenne. Um, but um, the native, well, actually it's called the, the National American Indian Association or, or something like that, mm-hmm. um, uh, praised the film uh, for its authenticity of uh, Indian culture of the tribes that were involved as well as the authentic language as well. So cool. uh, you were correct. Yeah. Yep. So the, it, they got a big thumbs up by Native Americans and good. American Indian uh, groups in the United States. Good, good. Um, so uh, Captain Blocker uh, rounds up. What well, was unclear to me how much he was involved, but I know he he had at least uh, chosen a couple of people in the detail that is going to accompany him on this mission. One is a friend of his. Um, I think he was told to pick them. Well, but there was right. the he didn't pre- the French guy, right? That's correct. Yeah. So he was told to pick them, but then they picked one for him. So right. I, don't, yes. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, but basically there was the <clears throat> friends, right? The the um uh, the guy from um, Game Night, right? The guy that played the cop in Game Night, uh, that actor. Um, the guy with the beard, and then the black guy. So those were the three he chose, <laughs> and then. Uh, Des Jardins, who was the, was the the Frenchman from probably New Hampshire, um, that was chosen as the f- as the fourth, mm-hmm. I, and I think that was it, right? It was just a four plus plus blocker. Um, yeah, to begin with. Yeah. yeah. So, and it just so, goes to show that even in racist 1892, <laughs> Blocker would have rather to have a black guy in his command than a Frenchie. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, well, he, he wasn't really that pleased about the French guy. Yeah, but but, but I I was fairly happy that they didn't go the route where it's like he was he was really grumbling. He was just like, I have no idea why they they put you on it because the French guy goes, uh, I've only been in the army for like four months. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, why did you choose me? Because I had nothing to do with it. And he treated <laughs> right. with dignity and respect and as an equal, pretty much. And that was the only time that he was kind of like not even rude, but like questioning, you know, so I don't, I don't think it was, was as bad as you said, Mike. No, but it's, it's one of those, um, you know, in any war film, you know, you have your, you have your, your cliched characters and he's the fresh faced young guy who is either going to come by, come, come back at the end, disillusioned and a grizzled veteran, or is coming back in a box. <laughs> I wonder yep. which one this will be. I wonder, yeah. You know, they have the, you know, they have the, they have the real grizzled veteran there, the you know, the the guy who's about to retire. You know, they got all of that. You know, they're well, all there. 
And the grizzled veteran, uh, Sergeant Tom, um, they had a scene before they leave on, on their, uh, mission. Um, he's good friends with, uh, Captain Blocker and they had this, uh, private conversation the night before where, uh, he was talking about how they took his guns away from him. Um, cause they don't think he's fit anymore. Uh, cause he's suffering from, from, he called it melancholia, which is what they called severe depression back in the day. Dark discussions forecast for foreshadowing. Just, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> we can't make you watch the movie, but we can make you hear the word in the Dude, movie. I'm not uh, object to the word. I did laugh <laughs> that, that the word, which as you know, is not a very common phrasing in, uh-huh. in the English language right. somehow showed up in this film. I did start laughing uh, when I was rewatching it when they said when he said melancholia. Uh, yeah, I did if, too. If, yeah, if, I, if, I, if I, Private von Trier, then I really would have lost it. <laughs> Eric, that w- I was laughing my ass off too because that's our next topic on Doctor Discussions. Like three days before, I'm going to watch that film. It, it says it in the film. That was great. Yeah, that was great. But um, so yeah, there's there's this. Uh, he's been around a long time. I think he says he's been doing this for 20 years. Uh, they took his away, guns away from him because they don't think he can be trusted with them anymore. Uh, and then the next morning, uh, he's part of this detail, and uh, Captain Blocker gives him his gun belt back. Right, right. And that's Sergeant uh, Thomas Metz, uh, the black guy's Corporal Woodson, um, the guy that the actor from Game Night. He was uh, that was for uh, that was a uh, Lieutenant Kidder, and then uh, Private Disjardins is. is oh yeah, well K- Kidder was Todd. Yeah. From Breaking yeah. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, this oh, might be the oh. most serious role he's done. Right, right. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, my favorite it's probably role. the first one where he hasn't played something of a psychopath, right? I mean. Well, no, he he actually was in um, uh, that that weird film that we saw on Netflix. Um, oh, by the that same, one. Night, Nightcrawl, the same guy that did Nightcrawl. Uh, what the hell was it? The one about the painters? Oh, uh, right. Um, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Buzz, Velvet Buzzsaw. Velvet, there yeah. you go. Yeah, he was he was in that too. He he played, um, I forget what he played. Uh, uh, some, just a driver. He was just a guy that was supposed to drive stuff back and forth. Dude's a good actor. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He was awesome. So, so, awesome. So they leave on this mission, and um, <clears throat> as soon as they're out of sight of the fort, because they had put the chief and his family on horses, and they they rode out of the fort, and as soon as they're out of sight, uh. Captain Blocker stops everybody and says, all right, uh, get them off the horses, uh, chain them up. Yeah, this parade is over. <laughs> the, the parade is over, put them in chains, and get the braids out of the bitch's hair. Um, yeah, because he doesn't like these people. Right, uh, and that yeah, that's a, 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 an example of where the – where yeah, he's spilling over to kind of irrational. Right, right. Yeah. So they they uh, they start off on their mission and on their uh, second day out, um, they find this house that's been burnt. Uh, and oh Jesus, um, they go to check it out and they find uh, Rosalie in the house, um, and she has brought her dead daughters back into the house and she is there cradling her dead baby. And uh, Captain Blocker walks into the house and she says, shh, don't wake them. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, 
okay, ma'am. <laughs> he's 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 not going to question this. He just goes along with it. Um, and then as as soon as a couple of his men shows up, he goes, "Men, be quiet. The children are sleeping." And they just look at him like, "Yeah." <laughs> so he he escorts her outside and tells the uh, tells the men to uh, get children on horses and make sure not to wake them up. Um, and I thought this 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 whole sequence here uh, is amazing. Uh, I thought Rosamund Pike did an amazing job of just being broken. <laughs> they would say it out loud to brother. She's broken. Um, cause she just had everything taken away from her. Um, and when they first find her, she's in this s- state of semi denial. Uh, even though you find out later, she's very well aware of what actually happened. Um, but she's kind of in the state of denial and, uh, they take her back to their camp and uh, she freaks out a little bit when she sees uh, Chief Yellowhawk and his family. Um, because As you would. Because, well, you know, it's uh, we know that they're Cheyenne and the Comanche are the ones that attacked her. She might not know that. They're rattlesnake um, people. <laughs> so uh, then uh, Captain Blocker goes to have uh, his men bury the dead children and Rosalie uh, yells at them, tells them to drop their shovels and she's going to bury her family herself. Uh, and there's this super intense scene uh, where, where she goes to bury her family. Um, it ends up just like clawing at the ground and screaming incoherently. Um, and eventually, uh, I mean, and, and, Captain Blocker is just standing back with his men, uh, kind of letting her just get it out of her system. And eventually she realizes that uh, this is something that she needs some help with. And the men help her bury her children. But man, that scene, holy crap. It just rips your heart out of your chest. Well, and I think that's a really, that whole scene, while being obviously very important, Rosalie's character um, in, in kind of establishing we also we, we kind of could have figured it out right from what she'd gone through that that's probably where she was going to be mm-hmm. um, but it's really important for Blocker's character because we've seen him be a bit of a dick mm-hmm. um, and this adds a lot of humanity to his character right we're seeing the softer side of Blocker Right, um, which is why again that this is this is something where you're getting a lot of um, a lot of shades of gray, you know, where you get a guy who, yeah, he's got a well, he's got a problem with the red man. Um, well, I, again, but, I, I, Phil, he does. Don't, he he well, does. He has. A, yeah. Phil, he has a problem. Don't give me a well. He has a problem with red with Indians. He just clearly does with Native Americans, you know. Um, that, that, that's we, really, we, we can, I think we can safely call them Indians, given the context in this yes. movie. Um, but yeah, he has yeah. a problem. Actually, do they ever use the term Indians in the film? Yeah. No, they say uh, hostiles and uh, savages. And savages and natives and... And then their actual tribe names. And then their actual tribes. Mm-hmm. So, weirdly enough, still kind of politically correct. But <laughs> he has a problem with them. That's all we've seen of him up till that point, for the most part, 
is uh, well, actually, that's not true. Him giving the the guns back to the sergeant was another thing, um, where you see a little bit of humanity to his character. But it is an important thing to soften the edges on the character to show he's not just some hard ass bad guy. I, I think the only scene that uh, I felt prior to uh, later in the film was that that you could I felt made him the quote unquote villainous would have been the, the patchy scene when, when he rounds up that, that those folk, but everything else. Um, I think there was enough backstory to make me, um, not think he was, he was, um, a stinker as I guess you were. Well, it always, every, everything depends on your point of view. Nobody's the villain of their own story. Right. Um, Cap, let's not, let, let's be clear about this. Captain Blocker has done some horrible, horrible things. Um, he has done things in battle just as bad as what Chief Yellowhawk did. Uh, he's not an innocent at all. So I just want to make that clear. <laughs> and they make it, and they make it clear late later on in the film with another well, character. I, I, honestly, I, I don't think, and 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 this is just uh, as a humanist. Or, or even even uh, a religious person, because I think the humanist, humanist and the religious, at, at least at least the pacifist religious folk would agree upon, which is anybody in war has done terrible things. Everybody has, because technically, the you know one of the Ten Commandments is "Thou shall not kill," and mm-hmm. if you kill a person, even in battle, technically you're killing someone, mm-hmm. even if. Um, it's for, you know, because it's war. It's, I, I, when I was a little kid, I remember this, like eight years old, nine years old, I could never understand the concept because I was in full Catholic doctrination. And I don't mean that in a negative way, um, that, you know, number two, I think thou shall not kill. And I could not understand how, you know, if, if you did one of those 10 commandments to break them, there's a chance that you could burn in hell. And and then yet you know I'm talking to soldiers that you know grandparents uncles you know they all had purple hearts in 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 North Africa during World War II and they they killed people and I was like and I was completely confused so you could technically say anybody that has killed someone in battle has done something bad well, yeah but that's not what I'm getting at here Phil there's a conversation between two characters that happens later on in the movie um, where well, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Let's talk you're about you're talking about bets and the, the, pri- and, the prison. And yeah, yeah. Um, so um, they bury the children and go back to camp. And uh, oh, she makes Joe promise that when she dies, she'll be buried in that field with her family. Um, and when and they get we, back, we know that's really just. A promise that no one's going to keep because I mean she's they're not going to they're, they're not going to be able to find the place again. Uh, yeah, and, well, and plus she's a young woman. Right? I mean, she could you know I mean he's probably going to die before her because she's probably ten years old. But. Uh, so they go back to camp and um, I, uh, is Elkwoman the the name of the character uh, that gives the dress to Rosalie? Um, oh, um, I think yeah. it's Elkwoman. Um, yeah, yeah, Elkwoman is correct. Yeah, uh, gives gives a dress. Um, well, she she initially gives it to Captain Blocker and says she'd be honored if Rosalie would wear it, since uh, Rosalie is wearing clothes covered with the blood of her family. Um, so they give that to her and she changes into it. 
And then, uh, yeah, but on the other hand, wearing clothes with the blood of your family is kind of badass. <laughs> so, uh, that, that's the way of saying, don't fuck with me. So they go John to bed. On that. So they go to bed. And in the middle of the night, Rosalie gets up and, uh, she steals Joe's gun out of his belt. Uh, and he's kind of sleeping with one eye open. So she sees her do this, uh, and follows her and she goes out to the graves, um, of, of her family. And, uh, she's clearly contemplating suicide and he walks up behind her and, and takes the gun out of her hand. Um, so yeah, that's, she's hit bottom. In the morning, um, Chief Yellowhawk, and this this is this is a scene I enjoyed because uh, Chief Yellowhawk uh, wants uh, Joe to unchain him and his family um, because uh, Rosalie was attacked by Comanche, and um, he calls them rattlesnake people. Uh, and I just thought it was I was like uh, considering what. Joe had said earlier in the movie about what he's personally seen Chief Yellowhawk do in battle. This guy is sitting here telling him, no, look, you don't understand. These people are fucking crazy. <laughs> and they're going to kill all of us. I might listen to that dude. Uh, <laughs> right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it also, as someone who does not have a strong grasp of the idiosyncratic differences and nuances between the various tribes of native americans uh-huh you know you get he's a little on the racist side too you know so uh-huh. um yeah so it's so Who's on the racist side yellow hawk in terms of the the uh the other tribe. Oh, what, yeah, well, right. that's what i'm saying i mean they, they everybody hates each other in this in this film in a sense because the enemy has nothing to do with your your race. It has to do with your ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're a Cheyenne, you're going to hate those mother effers that are Comanches as much as you would hate those mother effers that are American Caucasians. But he seems <laughs> to hate them even more. Right. Which makes sense because he's probably had to deal with them more directly, probably. I don't know. I, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Well, I right. wonder if that's kind of the, uh, you know, that the, the idea that people really hate their heretics. They hate the, the people that, that are belong to the wrong faction of their own, for lack of a better term, tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so whether it's the war between, like, the Catholics and Protestants or... Uh, between the different Shias and Sunnis and stuff like that are often, you know, much worse than the hatred they feel towards well, the outsiders. Th- these, this is kind of even more different than those, though, Mike, because you know the Sunni and Shiite technically, well, not no, that's not true actually, because the Persians speak different language. But I was going to say that the the you know the the Comanches and the Cheyenne don't even speak the same language, right? So they may be the same race. In a sense, but they're definitely not the same people by any means. It's like Japan and and China or, or Irish and English, right? I mean, they, they're completely different people. That's even, true. yeah, you know, that's what I meant anyway. But, um, 
I, 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 you know what? We don't know enough why he hates the Comanche. It could be, right. I mean, it's, you know, it could be, you know, when he was a kid, because again, he's probably like 70, 80 years old or something. He well, maybe his, his family was attacked by Comanches and wiped out at, back. You at know. the same time, everything he's saying lines up with what we have seen. Uh, of about five of the, which is one is it the Cherokees or the Comanches? Uh, the Comanches and the bad guys, right? So yeah, yeah. So you get about so we see about five, six of the of the of the the Comanches, you know. So oh, that five, that five bad. was pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Joe is not convinced, and he leaves them in chains. And then when they hit the road, lo and behold, uh, the Comanche attack. Um, and well, you know, remember what uh, Mike was saying earlier: Frenchie's going home in a box. Uh, Des Jardins was buried in the gardens. <laughs> Des Jardins made the gardens. <laughs> and uh, and and I got to give him credit because you started with uh, with the Comanches. This is these are the people who uh, destroyed uh, Rosalie's family. Mm-hmm. I you could totally have seen them saying, "We got to save them for." The climax of the film. Mm-hmm. You know, this has got to be the great big cathartic moment for Rosalie to, to, to you know, to kill one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, they shoot that load really early. Yeah, they right. do. Uh, also, um, I want to I want to state that that this battle ha- that happens is very similar to those the battles that we see in Vietnam War films where if the wounded on the ground, you just shoot them. You, you know, but there's mm-hmm. no prisoners here. And and that's what right. the Comanche like when Desjardins is down, they make sure he's down. They go right up to him and shoot him in the head to make sure he's dead, and and vice versa with um, um, uh, the Cheyenne and and the Americans. They make sure once they shoot a Comanche, they go over and they they blow his brains out to make sure he doesn't get up again. Well, so, and and I think in the course of this battle, uh, Frenchie dies. Another soldier gets wounded. Um. They did they kill one or two Comanche? I can't remember. Uh, well, At least one. They, yeah, they, I think they killed two, and then Woodson gets shot, but but survives. Now, we don't know if he's mortally wounded, but he's at least living now. And mm-hmm. and this Jardins is is assassinated because they, they like I said they went right up to him and they just they shot him in the head. Yeah, he's yeah. he's gone. Yeah. Um, well, that so is the, the best. That is the best way to shoot somebody is to stand right next to them and shoot them in the head. Yeah, right. that, well, that's well, the way it, to get it, it done, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, he's like, <laughs> this, oh, I'm going to shoot you from horseback from half a mile away. Kind of sucks. No, no, that's <laughs> not what happened, though, Mike. What it, what it was is they he got wounded, he falls off his horse, and then they went, go over and they make sure he's dead by shooting him in the head like a mobster would do it. So it, it was to make sure he wouldn't get up and that's you're, that's you're what, both saying the same thing i don't yes. know why you're arguing i'm not arguing okay uh, <laughs> but, but but i am saying if i'm ever if i'm ever on a battlefield um i, I don't want to kill anybody but if it's you or me it's you know you. Yeah, well <laughs> probably me it is almost certainly going to be me nevertheless if i have a chance to get you out with a cheap shot fuck you well i, I gotta say that this film may be very uncomfortable because every well, actually, I feel this way even in the forest when I'm walking my dog. Um, anytime you come up upon somebody, I'm always worried that those motherfuckers are going to do harm to me. And in this movie, it's like Red Stephen King. That's this, this movie, 
this movie just kind of drained me. Every time we would see people in the distance, I was like, oh, because oh, people suck. Yes, because you can't trust them. You, it, you know, I mean, <laughs> seriously, I mean, you just don't know. And and this movie does that throughout. And it's like so draining because of that. Well, the movie, so, the the, situ- the whole setup is a problem, right? Because you're going to run into one of three kinds of people out there. You're going to run into... You're either going to run into the white people, you're going to run into Yellowhawks people, or you're going to run into an enemy tribe. Right. Right. Well, and where they were, they also could have ran into Mexicans because it was in New Mexico originally, because this all takes place in New Mexico. Okay. But my point is, because of the mix of people in their party, they were going to piss off no matter somebody, whoever they ran across. (laughs) You right. know, you know somebody's sons too. So you got to, you know, you know. Now, now speaking um, as uh, a member of the the White Devil Tribe myself, um, my I default don't. position is to identify more with Blocker and the other American soldiers. Mm-hmm. So it's I for for me at least that's a point of view character, despite the horrible or maybe because of the horrible things he's done. Um, yeah, but it's like you said, everybody in the movie has done horrible things. So it's, if you identify, right? But I'm saying, but but I have to be worried for them, like because if they run across, um, a Native American tribe, they're fucked. If what you know, if they run across, and if and if they run across, uh, white people while they're escorting a Native American war criminal, yep. they can also be fucked. <laughs> right. Though so, though technically they have the 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 uh, letter from president Benjamin. Yes. Harris. They have a letter signed by the president. Yes. That, that um, basically grants pardon for the, the native folk. So right, after not, the not battle, Henry, the, the, the president who was president for like 30 days and did absolutely nothing, which is why he was so the greatest the president battle, ever. Who is this? Um, after the battle, that wasn't Benjamin Harrison. One, one no, that was William Henry Harris falls to the ground. Um, and Rosalie gets a hold of somebody's gun <laughs> just walks over and empties this gun into the fallen Comanche, um, and, t- and and just keeps on pulling the trigger at, even after it's empty. This is her like moment of uh, of catharsis, as Mike said earlier, uh, to kind of get revenge uh, for what they did to her family. Unfortunately, it was just one dude who was already dead, but I guess it made her feel a little bit better. So after all this happens, Joe is like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I should unchain <laughs> Yellowhawk and his family. <laughs> so uh, they get unchained, uh, and we end up uh, going to the scene where um, Sergeant Tom uh, is talking to I, I call him Lieutenant Plemons in my notes. Um, that's uh, a, that's, that's not a his kidder. actual character name. Kidder. Uh, Kidder um, goes over to him and they have this uh, extended conversation about killing people, which I thought was kind of interesting because uh, the lieutenant's talking about how today's the first time he ever killed anybody. Um, and, and Tom starts talking about how he's been doing it for so long. He, he can barely remember the first time um, and how eventually you get used to it. Um and and it, it, I thought the scene was really well done, and, and you get the feeling I, I can't remember if if Tom says it outright or not, 
but he definitely gives the impression to the lieutenant that like when when you get used to it so you don't feel anything anymore, that's when there's a problem. <laughs> um and he's been doing this for too long and he's killed too many people and it doesn't even mean anything anymore. Well, and it's kind of like there's the scene. Um, did we all, I, I, I don't know, I can't speak for the listeners. Did we all watch Chernobyl? I did. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so there's the scene with the dogs. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, where, you, you know, it's you, you have the guy who has never had to kill anything before uh-huh. with the veterans, you know, and it's, it's now the difference, of course, those are, those are animals not people, but mm-hmm. it's still the same kind of thing. The, you know, having to kill something for the first time. Especially it's, the it's, dogs, because they're domesticated. It's not like just wild animals. Yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. yeah. So, um... Well, in, this, in that movie, or miniseries, oh, the dogs will come right up to you because they're pets and they want to, you know, be fed and, and pat, it, pat. The whole thing's horrible. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, uh, so the, that conversation happens before, while they're switching watches, um, and then uh, the next day when they start to ride out, uh, they find all the Comanche uh, dead, and uh, Captain Blocker figures out that uh, Sergeant Tom uh, turned turned a blind eye or, or he, he accuses him of falling asleep, but accuses he, he it appears he wasn't actually asleep on the job. He just let just Yellow Hawk and his people, yeah. uh, leave the camp at night to go take care of the Comanche. Um, and, uh, Blocker gets mad at him, but he's like, look, everybody deserves to have their, their, uh, revenge. Even, even these people. Right. Well, yeah, can, it, can, the scene felt weird to me because it makes sense, and and you know, Mets was you know they're just winking at each other. But the Comanche, I mean not the Comanche, I'm sorry, the Cheyenne are not prisoners anymore. They're already free. It's just they're they're being they're supposed to be led to Montana because they they, they, they were they are technically free by by pardon. They were being kept prisoner still by Blocker. Right. Right. And 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 so. A technical, it was more of a technicality in his anger at Mets than really Mets um, breaking any law. And, and can I say this? This is a film that in no way glorifies violence. It exposes uh, that, how ugly violence is. But how badass is Yellowhawk? <laughs> he's pretty badass. <laughs> I mean, here's a, he's a, he's a played by West Studi. Um, is an older... Uh, person, I'm guessing 60s, maybe even 70s. Right, and he probably um, has the cancer. He, he, we know he, yeah, he's got the cancer, and yet in the the scene, the original scene against the uh, the Comanches, he jumps on the he's on the horse and he's riding riding at these these uh, opponents with guns and like strangling them with his chains while his hands are still chained. <laughs> right, um, right. Oh, and he don't is, forget, he is when, pretty when, fucking when badass. When a Comanche gets shot, uh, then he he rides his horse over him and crushes their heads too. Yes, <laughs> I'm just saying that if there was a Native American Batman, it would totally be Yellowhawk. Yeah. Well, well, no, but but you got to remember he's a he's a, a trained uh, fighter. He's a warrior. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a soldier, right? So that's what he's saying. He's a badass. Yeah, he's a badass. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I'm going to say not this. Surprising is what I mean. Except uh, I I I didn't I I don't know that I would have seen. I wouldn't know that I would have expected uh, Christian Bale 
Captain uh, Captain Blocker to be doing the same kind of shit in 20 years while his body's riddled with cancer. Right. <laughs> well, if, if you're in the middle of nowhere and you've been uh, basically a Navy SEAL in a sense your whole life like this guy is, Blocker, or Yellow Hawk, I, I think you would do it because when you're out in the middle of nowhere, everybody's a danger to you. So I, I think he would. But he anyway. would be smart enough to, to move to the city, which is what he's going to do. And he won't have to deal with that again, except by muggers. Well, that's Blocker. We're talking about Yellowhawk. Right. <laughs> well, Mike might have to say that Blocker wouldn't do it, so I'm trying to defend Blocker. Um, no, I'm saying not that he wouldn't do it. I'm saying he physically, I don't think he has the same skills that Yellowhawk does. Don't know. <laughs> I, we oh, do know. because We're because, moving on now. Because he wasn't so, doing it. Uh He's 20 years uh, younger. Next thing that happens is that they arrive at, I think it was uh, Fort Winslow. Am I identifying that fort correctly? Yeah, the one in Colorado. Yeah, what the hell is it called? Uh, something like that. I, I thought Mike, they Mike said Mike it was Fort Winslow. Uh, yeah, um, it's Fort Winslow, yeah. Uh, so they, they stop by there uh, to, to resupply and uh, let the, uh, damn it, I keep forgetting his name. Woodson. Uh, Woodson uh, get uh, treated for his uh, his wounds. Oh, and, and um, drop off uh, Rosalie as well. Well, that's the plan, um, is that they're going to drop off Rosalie so she can text, take the next uh, stagecoach to wherever. Uh, as it turns out, the next stagecoach isn't coming till Christmas. Um, and it's uh, like the middle of the summer right now, or autumn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's this dinner scene uh, where they're talking about, uh, who was that dude that ran this place? It's probably the weakest scene of the film because of the points you made, Mike. Um, yeah, his name is oh, jeez. Uh, I'm looking him up now. I'm trying I mean, to cl- clearly he knows Captain Blocker, and all we really need to know is he's yeah. the dude that runs this place. Um, and uh, his wife at dinner starts going on about how uh, horribly the Native Americans have been treated, um, and how something needs to be done about it, and. Uh, uh, Rosalie, uh, Lieutenant starts... Colonel Ross McCowan, played okay. by Peter Mullen, right. from from Westworld, and uh, oh uh, right, that's where I recognize yeah, him Yeah, and, and that movie, okay. uh, what's that that horror movie that takes place in Massachusetts again? Oh, that the one. Conjuring, the Asylum film that he, you remember the the people that had pulled Session those nine, stuff? Session nine, he stars. Session the... nine, okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so. Rosalie gets visibly upset when she's talking about how the Native Americans need to be treated better. Um, or I think she just calls them the Native people. Um, so, yeah, uh, Captain Blocker kind of changes topics quickly. Um, oh, the Conjuring takes place in Rhode Island, by the way. And, and then nobody cares, Phil. <laughs> He does. It's his family. Uh, then the then the uh, the husband and uh, Captain Blocker go to to smoke a cigar, and that's when they uh, make the agreement that uh, Rosalie can stay there. And um, he asks Captain Blocker to take a prisoner up to Fort Pierce. Um, and this prisoner, uh, what's oh, damn it? I, I, this is horrible. Oh yeah, and, and oh, every time uh, you see this, actor, Willis. Willis is the name yeah. of the prisoner, uh, and, and that's played by Ben Foster. So you know the guy's yeah. going to be a troublemaker. <laughs> uh, and apparently, he's uh, he needs to go back to Port Pierce to face charges uh, for uh, murdering a family of Native Americans. Uh, apparently, he chopped them up with an axe. Um, 
Well, what exactly did you want him to chop them up with? <laughs> a machete? Uh, hello? Well, th- th- there's a problem, Mike. Is there. Here's weapon at hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, th- yeah. Well, and this leads to the whole conversation that happens later, which is actually one of the most interesting parts of the movie to me. Uh, but for now, um, uh, they go to leave uh, the next morning, and uh, Rosalie decides that she'd rather ride with them than wait there for the stagecoach uh, and asks if she can come along, and Captain Blocker agrees. Uh, and she uh, gives the dress back to Elk Woman, um, and they seem to be warming up to each other. Uh, Eric, if I could interject for a second, I, I would think I, I really felt this was legit because, unlike this wild west town, even though it, it's a it's Fort Winslow, um, everybody in the party that uh, Blocker was with she could trust and not worry mm-hmm. about rape or murder or any other disregard. There's that. Her. Yeah. And plus, and plus we beginning to think that at least I was, she was beginning to have a shine for blocker. Yes. As well. Um, Man, she moves fast. <laughs> Isn't that your family's blood on your dress and your backpack? Yeah. It's been a couple of days. <laughs> well, at this point we're talking about New Mexico to Colorado on on not even horseback because we some of the native folk that are with them the, you know the the Cheyenne are walking so we're we're probably talking a, a couple of months later maybe I don't, I don't even it's, know it's it's later they don't give us a they don't give us a, a card on the screen or anything but, but it has to be a long time and, and, and they don't even do the the growth on the men's face. You know, yeah. Well, none of them were particularly. I, I I should have listed uh, Christian Bale's mustache as part of the cast. Um, that's pretty impressive. The mustache he's got going on in this movie. Uh, they, they they didn't bother showing you know, them shaving or eating breakfast yeah. or anything like that. So right, so, so it's inconsequential. Or, or so we're going to stop talking about it now and move on. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so they they head on off. Uh, and at one point, uh, the, we realized that the, the prisoner is, uh, actually served with Joe before in the army and, um, Joe is kind of an idol of his because he's been so good at killing Indians. Um, and basically, uh, his whole stance is that uh, this is all bullshit that that this is being considered a crime because they're just Indians anyway. Um, and that he's seen Joe do things just as bad. <laughs> it's, so and, and, and this conversation is really, really interesting. And, and Captain Blocker really doesn't have a whole lot to say in response uh, when when Willis is, is uh, bringing this at him because he's he's not wrong um but one was breaking a law and the others considered war so yeah it was back to what you were saying phil about being okay when people kill people in war for some reason um and and i thought it was a really interesting uh aspect that uh, came to light during this conversation with uh, the one guy in chains going to prisoner going or going going to serve uh 
at least brought up on charges for, for killing a family of, of Native Americans. And then this other guy is standing there, not in chains, who has killed uh, dozens, if not hundreds of Native Americans uh, in charge of bringing them there. Right. And, and this is the thing, is that I think that, again, the, the difference between uh, war and just being a psychopath and chopping up a family, you know, probably stealing their money, breaking in, who knows what the guy did. Um, it, there's a big difference, obviously. And um, I think that was how I was looking at it, though I don't know if the director slash screenwriter, Scott Cooper, was trying was trying trying to change my opinion by saying it's the same thing. Look, you, you killed them and I'm killing them. What's the difference? And I don't think it worked well enough for me to. Uh, in other words, I think he was trying. I think the po- the only point of the character was to was a message character, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't think it really worked because I didn't see the similarities between taking a, an axe and, and going into someone's house and just chopping them up as a robber, like this scumbag was doing versus unfortunately what you got to do in the battles. No, but you can see, uh, at least I can see how, uh, somebody that would be inclined to take that action, uh, might equivocate it. Well, right, right. Because what they were trying to do was, uh, was state that, uh, I was trained to look at Native Americans or in, uh, Indians or Comanches, Cheyennes, and so forth, as animals and not humans. So, mm-hmm. what's the big deal that I killed these people? Yeah, yeah. why they, is this even a crime? Is his right. is his whole stand? Right. Well, How, I, mean, however, gets... I was looking at him as a sociopath because it, it it was most certainly you could tell that he had no conscience at all. While the other folk that have killed Indians had a conscience and it wasn't, they weren't killing him because, you know, they had fun doing it like this scumbag. Go on, Mike. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, this gets back to, you know, you Philip, you brought up the the 10 commandments and I am far from a biblical scholar. Um, (laughs) Maybe if we had somebody who knows something about biblical research and works listening to the podcast, uh, they might be able to shed some light on it, but where the, the commandment, uh, is often phrased as thou shalt not kill. I've also heard it uh, said that that's a, a loose translation, that it's more accurate to say thou shalt not murder. And, you know, they since they had war back in the time of the Old Testament, uh, that wasn't considered, you know, killing in self-defense, killing as part of war, maybe doesn't count as murder. Um, but you, you, you do have... Uh, that's an odd justification to me. Well, there is a difference, you know, not everything killing in self-defense. Yeah, but somebody's got an attack. Well, yeah, but not everyone's going to be if everyone followed the do not, you know, the the do no harm thing. Then, yeah, you wouldn't have to ever worry about that. Uh, But that's what I'm saying is commandments are being broken in war somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, then there's also render unto Caesar, you know, but anyway, um, it's, you know, it's the, the, the weird thing where we want soldiers who are good at killing people you don't want them to enjoy it too much though <laughs> right uh and I, I think part of that just you recognize that war is a horrible ugly thing you got to normalize at some point right there's the expectation well, that the war will will one day end 
and I don't want to get too far off track here, but but this this is a, a thing in reality, and it comes up in some other uh, popular entertainment too, such as uh, the Rambo movies, right? Uh, which is that uh, we recruit these men and we train them to kill people, and we send them off to kill people, and then uh, come back and say, "Okay, now be normal." Yeah, stop killing people. <laughs> yeah, stop being violent. Stop. Stop. Stop thinking about killing people and uh, that's perhaps uh, not a reasonable ask because uh, <laughs> it changes and, you and i do think not having ever publicly ad- admitted to killing anybody uh that's an interesting phrase that there is probably a a difference in feeling uh, and and of the impact it leaves i'm guessing between shooting somebody at a distance mm-hmm you know, and hacking up a family. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also, a man also who, like like the reason you're doing it too. There's a different reason, right? You're shooting somebody in battle versus just going right. into a house and chopping mm-hmm. them up with, with an yeah, axe, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? And didn't we? Or, 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 or am I getting my characters confused? But did we or did we not get uh, uh, get Captain Blocker saying that he had killed women and children? Yes, he did say that. So again, that's where it, it, the line was literally like stolen from the Unforgiven. It was like mm-hmm. almost word for word. I'm going, oh my God. And I don't even know that it was original in Unforgiven either. Um, right. I, I just don't. That's just my first awareness of it. Um, so he's probably crossed some lines too, which is, I think, entirely Willis's point. Right? It was Willis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I Willis sure was I knew the prisoner. Was, yeah. I wanted to make sure I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> which um, so, yeah, I mean, but, you know, it, Blocker didn't take these people off on the trail and then murder them halfway, you know, to their destination and then say, Comanche did it. True. You know, true. You uh, probably could have found a very easy way to get away with that. Right. And right to say, you know, if one of my uncles decided to break into the house of a Vietnamese family or a Korean family in the United States and, and, and shoot them, you know, it, nobody would say, ah, it's okay. You were shooting Koreans in their own country. Right. You could do them <laughs> in their break in their house and kill them here. We recognize there is a difference. It is a weird thing when you think about it, <laughs> that we can keep this kind of killing is good. And this kind of killing is bad. Well, um, and, and we get more of it here because the next thing that happens uh, in this movie is uh, they have dinner and the, the women go to wash the dishes in the river uh, along with Little Bear. Um, and uh, uh, do we get any identification on these assholes? Or are they just like random dudes out in the uh, middle? Yeah, of we, we find out. trappers or something? They were, they were trappers, yeah. Okay. Or first um, trappers, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so these trappers come along and and uh, kidnap Rosalie and uh, Elk Woman, um, and Little Bear runs back to camp and gets everybody else, and they they track the guys back to their camp, um, and they're waiting for an opportunity uh, to get the women back. And Yellowhawk at one point says, when they go back in their shelters, uh, we go as one. Um, and Captain Blocker says, Hey, you're, you're sick. You can't be doing this. 
<laughs> Yellowhawk basically tells him to shut the fuck up. He's like, it's my daughter. I'm leaning. We're not talking about this anymore. <laughs> so uh, eventually the guys go back into their tents. Um, and so they sneak down um, and basically murder the trappers in their tents um, and lose one of their own in the process. It was Malloy who yeah. um, he got picked up at the at Fort Colorado. Uh, in Ford, Colorado, uh, yeah. Yeah, for uh, uh, Wilson or whatever that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so they lose they lose one Winston. of their guys Winston. they got in uh, at the fort, uh, but they, they kill all the trappers and get the women back. Well, and, you know, even with the trappers, you know, we, we tell them it's okay, it's okay to go out and, and hunt beaver, and then... Oh, Jesus. Sorry. I know, seriously. Uh, but but see, this, is, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, though, Eric, where every time a person shows up, I'm on edge, and I'm I'm like I don't know if I I would probably be in a in a straitjacket if I had to live out in the West back in those days because everybody I see I is like I just got to shoot him. I don't think the trappers. Wait, wait. Rape, I don't think the trappers would rape you, Phil. Yeah, but they're gonna rob me. Who knows? <laughs> Dude, I saw a Deliverance. <laughs> I mean, who knows what? They're gonna do? I can't trust them. We got it. We just got to take them out before they, you know. Don't let anybody in your apocalypse home because if you do, they're gonna they're gonna steal everything, kill you. So so they go back to camp with the women, um, and and Willis gives a lecture uh, to Blocker about his hypocrisy uh, again, uh, pointing out how how he's seen him do horrible things and and what he did isn't any worse. Um, and that's the thing that pissed me off. It's like how stupid because. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't. I mean, okay, I can look at the screenwriter too, but I'm just looking at Willis. I'm going, dude, dude. The reason, dude, he doesn't see the it. reason. The character, the character does doesn't see it. Uh, so I, I like, I, I understand that he he's not correct, but it's a th- it's a thing. Um, but, but but even thinking that, okay, fine. You you don't look at the at certain people as humans. You can't cause chaos. You just can't do it. No. You Does do this it. man seem like a reasonable person? No, he's just he's no, just like, he doesn't. You're right, you're right. Expected him to be reasonable. Right. <laughs> so, um, and, and and really, we all rationalize our own behavior. That's true. And That's we're true. all and we're all liars, as I like to tell my students. And the person we lie to the most is ourselves. <laughs> now we excuse our bad behaviors by finding some rationalization. It's okay to steal from them; they have plenty of money. Yeah, right. So, um, back at the camp, uh, Tom approaches Captain Blocker, um, and says that he has to move on, um, and that he, he doesn't feel anything anymore. And, um, on the, on the way out, he stops by the chief Yellowhawk's tent, um, and, and says to him that, that, uh, what we've done, your people can never be forgiven and leaves him something as a gift. I was unable to identify what he left. Did either of you catch it? Did he say he left? I thought he said he left tobacco. It, was it tobacco? I think so. I'm not sure, okay. but I think so. All right. Yeah. That, that's so here's a little lung cancer to go with your other cancers. Well, like he has to worry about it now. Mike, that um, was before tobacco caused cancer. It's only <laughs> right. since the seventies. Yeah, it didn't cause and that that is that is totally not true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Well, they knew this about is when that. it was still good for you, Mike. It was still good for you back with those. It was back days. in the healthy tobacco days. That's um, right. So, um, so uh, at this point, Rosalie, uh, it's raining pretty hard, uh, and R- Rosalie uh, invites Joe into the tent so he doesn't have to sleep in the rain. Um, and no hanky pankies going on, but it's it's notable. Um, and then out, uh, in the rain, uh, Lieutenant Flemons, I keep writing in my notes. I don't know why I did that to myself. Um, he's, he's trying to get the prisoner to drink something hot, I think. Um, uh, coffee. I think it was, was it coffee. Okay. And, uh, uh, basically the prisoner gets the best of them, uh, and ends up sh- and killing him. Assassinates him, basically. Uh, shoots him in the head with his own gun. Point yep, uh, blank range, uh, defenseless. And then uh, takes the keys and unlocks himself and uh, runs off into the night on a horse. Uh, and everybody is is roused at the sound of the gunshot. Uh, and they fire some shots after him. And uh, Tom gets up on a horse and goes after him. Now, a couple of things first, Eric. Uh First thing is, is this the first time that Rosalind shows more than just friendship to Blocker because she invites him to sleep in her tent with him. And and in those days, it would be improper for non-married people to be in the same tent. But again, it's pouring rain and whatnot. And then she kind of cuddles next to him. And then the other thing, too, is Blocker says, let's not even bother going after him. Uh, right, because, I, I don't want to make got him good. This guy. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to make you know make it because I, I shot him, but it didn't matter for Mets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next morning, uh, they go on their way and they find that Tommy caught the prisoner and killed him and then turned the gun on himself. Um, and this was a really. Uh, I thought this was where Christian Bale really shone in the, in this movie because there's a scene where where they find this is a really close friend of his that's committed suicide, and oh, it's just dead for that matter. And he's he's trying desperately not to cry in front of everybody else, even though right. he's absolutely devastated. Uh, and I thought he did that really well. Um, I. Uh, curious, did anybody not be quite sure that it was a self-inflicted gunshot wound when they first saw it? There's a bullet to his temple. That's the first thing I saw. Well, yeah. uh, there was also blood on the gun in his own hand. So Right, right. Um, and uh, I felt... I was just curious. That's all. Um, I felt, um, yeah, Christian Bale ate it out of the ballpark, um, and and is the, the reason why he's been a, a multiple nominated Academy Award actor is a scene like this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and when you think about it, I mean, <clears throat> from a self-centered point of view, of his point of view, you know, he has been through a lot. Um. Because, you know, his Frenchie got shot, got shot and killed. A, a loyal friend and ally was shot and wounded. He had to leave him behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 yeah. What's in here? Yeah, L- Lieutenant yep. oh, Todd. Oh, Kidder, Kidder gets killed. Yeah. 
right, gets killed. Um, even the women being raped, obviously worse for them. Uh, but it's under his command, you know, that he, he fails them. You know, he's mm-hmm. taken uh, specifically, you know, uh, Rosalie, but he's taken them under his protection. And yeah, he's his that people. Up. This is his people, his squad, his, right. his, mm-hmm. he's, he's the Moses for these people now. And, and all these people are dying that he's supposed to be protecting. And, and it's devastating to him. I uh, never mind. Never mind. Um, uh, the, the people, the two guys that he picked up from in Colorado, one of them gets killed by the trappers too, you know, and that killed him too. I, I didn't even get that, but yeah, you're right. They, they probably were raped the woman, right? I, I wasn't sure if they were. Well, there was a scene where, uh, where, uh, Lieutenant, or, sorry, Captain Blocker, uh, asked Rosalie if she's going to be able to ride the next day or if he gotcha. should, uh, the reason why. Yeah. That. That's, that's where I in, got the implication that she was raped. I, I think they said it outright at one point. I had to have they, the, yeah. the subtitles on for this film because maybe it's just the acoustics in my room with the air conditioner on. Mm, but, air conditioners uh, are loud. Yeah, and and Christian Bale was, to me, doing his, his best Tom Hardy his impression. Batman. Yeah, his Batman. Well, plus well, you can't see his lips because of that damn mustache. Mustache. and But it was he was just a particularly low... Right. low end of the spectrum talker and so i could barely hear him even though i'd cranked i cranked the volume up enough that i heard everybody else but he was but, but your, your your main point though was is that you you swore that he mentioned it or that the word mentioned. rape was in there somewhere gotcha mm-hmm. yeah and it makes sense it makes sense mm-hmm. yeah so i think this is a combination of not only um as as eric you mentioned you know his friend is uh, suicided and as i said is dead never mind you know so one of his good friends but as what you said mike too which is he's the the moses and all these people are dying and and he feels terrible about it and that he's a failure and all this other stuff right and if your friend commits suicide and he's a friend under his command uh you know there's there to me there's two things one this is obviously someone who was in despair and you did not help them Mm -hmm. uh and that has to suck and secondly, is that, you know, we see him reading the Bible and he believes in God and the Bible is pretty, pretty clear about no, 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 no off in yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So not only has his friend killed himself and not only was his friend suffering, he could do nothing to help him. And not only is it, you know, he's going to, you know, never see his friend again, but his friend in his mind is probably damned for all eternity. Right, right. So they bury Tommy and uh, set up camp, and uh, Rosalie and Joe uh, get cozy in the tent that night. Um, I don't think there was any hanky-panky, but they certainly get uh, snuggly. Um, And they continue on their journey, and the the chief is getting worse. He's starting to cough uh, more and more. Um, And there's one scene where... uh, Little Bear is is the is the grandson of Chief Yellowhawk, and he's really cute. Uh, and there's this one scene where he like brings I don't know what it was I think it was mushrooms. Uh, he goes out into the into the forest and collects some mushrooms and bring them brings them back. And uh, the chief is all like, "Thank you, these will give me health." And 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 it's just kind of a uh, heartwarming family thing. Um, and uh. As they get closer to the Valley of the Bears, which is the name of the place they're they're headed in Montana, uh, Captain Blocker takes a, a moment 
with uh, Chief Yellowhawk to, to tell him that, uh, well, basically that that uh, he he says he's lost a bunch of friends, as has Chief Yellowhawk, uh, and when Chief Yellowhawk dies, he'll be a piece of him will die as well. Yeah, that was good. So so it's not he's not quite like. I guess he's saying they're friends, even though they've been enemies their entire lives. Um, right. And the chief seems to appreciate that. Um, right. And then they finally make it to the Valley of the Bears, and uh, Yellowhawk passes away, and they have a funeral pyre. And then the next day, they're, uh, they bury the chief, and... They're creating a, uh, I guess, as a cairn, the the correct name for that formation of rocks they're they're building when the yeah. the climax happens. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're they're building a cairn on the on the chief's grave. Um, Damn it, Karen. With rocks, and uh, these four white dudes come riding across the field on horses. Four ranches, right? There's some ranchers. You know, I wrote Scott down Wilson ranchers too. As a matter of fact. I wrote down the word ranchers, but I don't think there's anything said that that would like indicate they're ranchers. But yeah, I they, guess they that's farmers. But, but either way, they own the land. <laughs> yeah, so so they own the land, and they're not happy about these Indians being here. Well, and, it shows uh, you that how the U.S. fucked up again because they said to Yellow Hawk, "You can ha- you can go back to your land," and then they go, "Oh, whoops, we already gave your land away." <laughs> they forgot <laughs> to tell the, the other people. It's like. You're not compensating us for taking our, you know. So it was a, a total fuck up. Right, right. So uh, Captain Blocker's like, "Look, I have this letter signed by the president saying this is what needs to happen," uh, and and the dude that owns the ranch is, uh, owns the land is like, "I don't care. There's 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 no piece of paper with nobody's signature on it that can tell me what to do with my own land. Now get those fucking Indians out of here." And, and I will say, I, I will say Scott that is. Wilson. Uh, yeah, that is before he passed away. That that is one of those moments where I go, America, fuck yeah! You know that whole, I don't give a fuck who signed that letter. It's my <laughs> land, get off. <laughs> right. There uh, is there is now. Obviously, this is not necessarily to the best purpose, but it is still that. Uh, you know, I'm an American. Fuck you. I that that's that that's 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 that's, that's one of the constants of our character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this whole showdown happens. It's it's the rancher dude and his three sons. Uh, and then there's Captain Blocker and Rosalie and Blackhawk and Elk Woman and Little Bear. Oh, and don't forget the the other Colorado and, guy. Uh, oh yeah, does he have a name? Uh, yeah, yeah. His name is um, it's not Willie uh, Willis. It's the other one. Um, I wrote it down somewhere. I got it here. Uh, uh Malloy. Is it Malloy? No, Malloy's the one that died when they oh, attacked the kidnappers. Oh. Marcus Company Oversee Willis. Willis a car. Oh, Tommy Thomas, and, and so it's Thomas. Okay. Uh, because Sergeant Malloy was when I got killed, I think. And, okay. Yeah. It's, okay. And so it's Thomas that that is there. Anyway, the last soldier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's yeah, not right. Captain Plucker? Uh, so uh, there's a very tense showdown, uh, and Rosalie draws her rifle, um, and aims it at the guy. And the guy says, I don't think you have the guts to pull the trigger. And that was the wrong thing to say. <laughs> and a gunfight ensues. Uh, As a general rule, if someone's pointing a gun at me, don't, don't say you don't have the guts to pull the trigger. Don't say you don't have the guts to pull the trigger. is not a thing you do. You just don't. 
Right. Well, well, and, and this is another one where I was like all stressed out because uh, you see these people coming in the distance. I go, oh, no, not again, because you just can't trust anybody. And they, everybody has a gun. And it's like, oh, my God. So, um, yeah, so was, and that was stupid for for uh, Scott Wilson's character to say that because we were talking about frontier people, including frontier woman. Mm-hmm. Everybody that has, is out in the frontier is going to shoot. She's clearly handled uh, that rifle before. Uh, yeah, but she's also <laughs> not a great shot. Well, I mean, she like hits him to the side. Now, I think there was a reason Annie Oakley was famous. It was still something that women weren't expected to do the same way that men true. were. True, true. Um, I'm sure there were a lot of frontier women who could handle themselves, but I think it still it was not expected in the same way. So I right, doubt she had nearly but, as much practice. But, but I would assume that most of them would know because of you have to watch out for obviously uh pumas and bear grizzlies and and bad people right so you figure yeah. that at least for self defense wise they're they're going to be at least half decent you would think yeah but also don't dismiss general sexism the idea that women don't have the mm-hmm. the, the will you know <laughs> to to do it you know they don't have the strength that a man would it would take to kill a person um clearly so, someone who never crossed a woman before yeah, so a massive gunfight ensues in which, uh, well, <laughs> the only people left standing are Captain Blocker, Rosalie, and Little Bear. Um, and all the red shirts are dead. And and like the, dead. one of the one of the sons of the rancher dude starts to almost get away, uh, and Captain Blo- Captain Blocker uh, picks him off with a really good shot from far away, and then goes right up to him, um, and kills him in exactly the same manner that he described uh, Chief Yellowhawk killing one of his men uh, at the beginning of the movie. Uh, he just takes his knife and, and guts him from stem to stern and then turns around and looks back at Rosalie like, oh my God, life is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Yeah, so... so uh, Yellowhawk uh, died of cancer, uh, and then uh, Blackhawk, Elk Woman, uh, both got shot. <laughs> the other soldier got, soldier got shot. Um, yeah, so uh, Little Bear is an orphan. Um, so, uh, <laughs> if the movie had ended at this point, that would have been really grim. Uh, and oh, wait, there's more. And apparently, um, there was arguments between uh, the director and uh, Christian Bale, because Christian Bale liked the idea of this really, really dark ending, uh, and and didn't want the the happy ending that's after this. Um, but he was shot down because he's not the director, uh, and, and he's not the screenwriter. And, and the screenwriter and, is the director. And he eventually came around. And understood why the ending is the way it is. Um, so the ending, as as it is, is after the scene, uh, we get a scene with Rosalie, Little Bear, and uh, Captain Blocker at the train station. And uh, it looks like Little Bear is going with Rosalie to, they headed to Chicago? Yeah, Chicago. Yeah. So uh, Captain Blocker is, is saying goodbye and it looks like he's going to walk away and they're never going to see each other again. But then at the last minute, he turns around and he gets on the back of the train so he can go with them to Chicago and do whatever they're going to do there. 
Right. So and, it, the the ending ends up with a little bit of hope that uh, maybe this dude will be able to find a normal life with Rosalie uh, and take care of Little Bear. That's right. Yep. And yeah, that's well, the last well, shot of the movie is him him riding around on the train. Yeah. So even though Rosalind lost all her people, uh, Little Bear lost all of his people, and uh, Blocker lost all of his people. It looks like the three of them will be able to get together as a as a family, as a new family, a new unit. Yeah, they're going to create their own family unit. Yeah, which which is which is a um, good ending. And, and actually, they almost they trick you too because they make it look like Blocker's just going to leave and right. get together with her, and then the, that's the second happy ending is when he decides to go with them after all. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and that's the film. It is, and I, I thought it was a really good one, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Because right. yeah, it is it is formulaic, uh, and it doesn't really cover any new material. But I thought the acting was spectacular. I thought the cinematography was spectacular, uh, and I've, I've I've watched it three times and enjoyed it each time. Oh, um, so you watch it at the theaters, and you probably watched it when it first came out on VOD. Or uh, yeah, or I, watched you got with, disc, right? I watched it with Dan and Susie when it first came out on VOD. Okay, oh, so you bought it or something. I I rented it I think at that time oh, before, okay. before it was on Netflix. Gotcha, gotcha. And then you watch it on Netflix uh, a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yep. Very good. Um, yeah, I, I would watch this film again. It was, it was pretty damn good. Yep, yep. Um, I would suggest it for my wife too. But my wife recently has been saying, "I want to watch a film you already watched. I want to watch a film that we ne- neither of us seen." So well, that that's a white thing. Yeah, it's, I guess it's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Mike knows that when when Pam says, "Don't you go see that movie without me." So, it and I gotta wait. Yeah. Yeah. Happy uh, wife, happy life, or so I've been told. Yep. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Um. Yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a downer film generally, but with a little hope at the end. So. Um. Uh, and I, I think that was a good thing because recently most films are just downers to the, all the way to the very end. Um, while back before the sixties, a lot of films were, um, you know, always happy endings. Um, and so this was kind of a mix of the two and I felt that was good because it's kind of, well, and let's, 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 let's be clear about this, Phil. Most movies still have happy endings. We just tend to watch ones that don't. <laughs> right. And answers and dark discussions. And at some point, ever since the scream boom lit died, mm-hmm. you know, where you had the postmodern horror film, self-referential mm-hmm. horror films. So, so, so you mean Wes Craven scream? Right, 1996. Right, so and basically, and then you moved into the quote-unquote torture porn category, the uh, French extreme horror films and Hostel and Saw and films like that. Horror films have taken themselves very seriously, and a lot of them are super downers, mm-hmm. you know. And then you get the the quote-unquote worst of them, films like Martyrs. You just you just really want to end it all when the movie's done. <laughs> um, You're not you wrong. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. There are some upbeat horror films out there and horror comedies and things like Scouts versus Zombies or 
what we do in the shadows or cabin in the woods. But there was a real proliferation of movies, you know, like Hereditary or Midsummer or, uh, you know, or the soft films, right? They all just sort of like, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, you're going to they're going to die. We know they're going to die. It ain't going to end well. Um, but yeah, and this is a film where, I mean, how happy of an ending is it? Congratulations, Yellowhawk. We found got you to your you know, the place where you're up. Oh, you're dead. <laughs> well, all right, we'll bury you with your. Fa- oh, they're, nope, they're dead too. <laughs> well, let me bring my soldier. Nope, they're dead too. <laughs> well, yeah. what 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 the, the happiness is is that there's quote unquote some hope is what what I'm thinking. Yeah, about. I wouldn't say it's happy, but but hopeful. Yeah, yeah. This is a in a lot of ways a very ambivalent film it obviously comes down very heavily on the pro make friends don't kill each other side of things mm-hmm. uh, which i know is a controversial statement nowadays <laughs> uh, yes that's true you're supposed to hate everybody that doesn't agree with you and it does uh you know it does deal with people who have done horrible things sympathetically which some people can't get their head around i would think at the same time, it's got no problem condemning some people who just are rattlesnake people. Um, so it's a weird thing. It's a it's a it's a weird, complicated movie, and I appreciate it for that. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I agree. I enjoyed the fact that it wasn't like this side good, that side bad. Uh, it was like eh, everybody's a little wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like Dances with Wolves, right? Where it's a very black and white kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Never seen that film. That was one of my uh, first dates when I was a teenager. Right. I, I, well, it came out the same year as Pulp Fiction, I think, and, and it beat Pulp Fiction, so I said... I'm no, it was before that. Then, then it might have been out. Reservoir Dogs. No, no, no. It was Pulp Fiction was up against no, it. Pulp Fiction was after. after Pulp Fiction was after I was in college, and Dancing with Wolves was while I was in. College. Oh, you're right. It was Goodfellas. It was Goodfellas. Goodfellas. <laughs> yeah, Goodfellas got screwed <laughs> over, and Dancing with Wolves beat it. I said, "Fuck that movie." Goodfellas should have won everything. <laughs> and it was a cool film. It was it was Goodfellas or Pulp Fiction. Yeah, Goodfellas. You're right. Yeah. Well, again, Hitchcock never won an Oscar. That is true. That is true. So, yeah. so, so Paul Schrader, he's never won an Oscar either. Believe it or not, crazy. So, we want to wrap this up. I think so. Um, oh, um, so uh, Eric, what's that other podcast that you do with your buddy Dan? Uh, the other podcast I do with my buddy Dan is a general interest podcast called the Scansity Podcast. That's spelled A S K A N C I T Y. You can find it wherever you found this podcast. That's right. That's right. Um, and uh, once again, our podcast uh, is Cinema a la Carte, which can be found at www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, the email here is darkdiscussions at aol.com. Uh, as you said, Eric Michelle Barkley uh, likes this film, so hopefully she'll email us in and give us her thoughts of the film, and then we'll read it on our episode two of Cinema a la Carte. Um, also, Kevin Letts. 
uh, may listen to this, and as you mentioned, Mike, uh, about the biblical stuff and the Ten Commandments, maybe he will have something to say, and he can email us as well, um, and we'll read that on the similar a la carte episode two, um, and so forth. Um, so I guess we can uh, give our final thoughts of this film. Um, so, Mike, why don't you start? Yeah, uh, you know, this was a nice change of pace from the the dark, depressing films that we usually cover on Dark Discussions podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> rape! Another rape! Okay. Uh, actually, a double rape, a triple rape. Uh, gu- um, gu- gutting people in half and uh, shooting them in the head, point blank brain. <laughs> right, so that's right. You had, you had definitely doctors. some uplifting moments. Um, uh, there, there, someone fire! Was lynched. Someone was lynched, for Christ's sake. Dead babies. <laughs> yeah, right. if children that's right yeah. yeah you might not like it if you're not into films that have moral ambiguity uh and it has some brutal stuff and that may be a problem for people uh it's not a it's not a john wayne western um but it's a it's a it depends I, I think on it's, your definition the shootest it, it, it's in that category the shootest was a great john wayne western um, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I know you mean you mean the the the, the Hollywood fantasy ones, right? Back in the 50s. Yeah, it's not High Noon, or you yeah. know, it's um, uh, or you know, or Bonanza or something. So I, I would I would recommend it. It is definitely more of a postmodern western. Uh, so yeah, just check it out. It's, it's just a very well crafted film. It's not uh, you know life changing, but it's impressive. Very good. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with Mike, uh, and Eric has mentioned a number of times, too, that it, it's formulaic, so it's not like um, a world-shattering film, um, and probably the reason why it, it didn't win Academy Awards, um, it only has around 70%. Uh, but even if it's if it's not, um, it, the acting, cinematography, and so forth... Um, or as solid as any of those important films. So uh, that's why um, it, in my opinion, fits fits in with those films, even if it is formulatic. Um, all in all, I enjoyed myself. I was not bored at any point in the film. Uh, it's about two and a half hours and ten minutes, and yet uh, the movie was swift, uh, which is always a good sign because that means it doesn't drag or whatnot. So uh, I would uh, give it a high recommend. I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, had I seen it last year, I would have probably said it was one of the, my favorite films of last year. Um, for, for dramas and whatnot. Um, and, uh, how can you beat, um, a, you know, if you have a Netflix subscription, I mean, you can watch it for free, so why not? So, uh, yeah, it's a great film. Eric. Yeah. I, uh, I really like this film. I would not have suggested it if I didn't, um, everything you guys just said, great acting, great cinematography, maybe not the freshest story. Um, but a, a really interesting way of presenting that, um, solid movie. Uh, check it out. If you have Netflix, you can do it without even paying anything additional. So, uh, yeah, I would recommend that people go watch this movie. Uh, even if you like myself, uh, think you don't like Westerns, um, give it a shot. All right. Very good. Uh, Mike, you were about to say something like that. I was just, Eric, you said it didn't make its money back. Do you remember how much was the budget? 39 million. Ooh, yeah, that's a bit. 
Well, you figure that Christian Bale, he's going to pull in at least 10 to 15 because he's one of those type of actors. So that's half your budget right there. Yeah, but usually for a film like this that has like Oscar bait stamped on it, you know, they'll take it at like for lower upfront cost for more points on the back end. You know, they get a higher percentage. Uh, Like that's one of the things that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to have a little trouble with is that um, both uh, that all that the big three Tarantino uh dicaprio and pitt did the film for way below what they usually do but mm-hmm. they're taking a massive cut of the percentages of profit mm-hmm. gotcha yeah yeah so yeah maybe that's how it happened uh but you know 30 whatever 9 million or whatever um i guess it's probably well obviously everything has to be period piece um probably a lot of um money for food and catering and all that and and rooms for in the middle of nowhere you know that they had to set up probably camp so mm-hmm. that probably cost a lot of money too and this uh, uh this movie was shot in chronological oh, order oh that's interesting chronological so order. they so so they did a chronological order from beginning to end as far as the story goes uh right. and they shot in those three different states i was uh mentioning earlier yeah so so on locations that that's mm-hmm. uh, yeah and and with christian bale you know they probably had to pay for a good lighting guy too <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, uh, damn, I wish I, I was going to do my Christian Bale imitation, but I, I forget the actual, actual words he said when he, when he goes, <laughs> oh, he's so, he, or whatever. Uh, when he threw oh, his that, tantrum. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. What? Uh, I usually do that with, with you and, uh, Mike, when, when you guys say something, I go, oh, so, I can't remember it though. I feel terrible. I should know this. <laughs> oh, good for you. Oh yeah, that's it. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. That, yeah, okay, you Phil, Phil, you're gonna have to edit know. that to be a little tighter there because that's just yeah, sad. That, 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 yeah. That's uh, sad. I know. <laughs> I know. One of my philisms that I use all the time, not just with you guys, but with other people, and I forgot it on the spot. It was like 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 I was went on stage and everybody was looking at me and I just forgot all my lines. <laughs> You'll live. You'll live. I guess you're right. Anyway. All right. So uh, let's actually wrap this up. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to listen to the inaugural episode of the Cinema a la Carte podcast. Come back next month. Uh, we will be talking about another movie that Mike will be choosing. <laughs>